Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Me, you, and Michael will should go on holidays together and we'd have just a lovely no time. Way. No, we would not. <laughs> And we'd have a terrible time. You wouldn't want to sightsee, and Michael would be like, "Oh, this is like restaurant food. It's like you're licking the floor, Michael." That'd be a terrible, terrible holiday. Hello, and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and try to determine: Are they really worth the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Will. Hi, Will. How are you? Hi, Hugh. I'm delighted. I'm ready to take on humanity's fascinations. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You know, nothing nothing exciting. Post-COVID, all back in back in my post-COVID bulletproof life. Um, any news on your end? I've had an exciting, I have an exciting week. I hung out with a famous cat, Hugh. A famous cat? A famous feline, yeah. Okay, so there's there's Garfield. Yeah, yeah. see if there you can find that cat. I'll be so impressed if you can name the Sylvester. cat. Sylvester, there's Jerry. So far, none of these exist in real life. Yeah, mostly animated cats. <laughs> um, yeah, and all the ones in the Aristocats are out then as well. Oh, um, not all of them. That's not oh. true, that's a red herring, which a cat oh. would love, to be fair. Um, no... Famous may have been a generous description. He's more famous you, than most cats Do you cats mean, hang be. on, do you mean like, is he like a jazz musician? And like, I was hanging out with this famous cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sort of like, <laughs> I've started, well, I, I've started trying to play the saxophone and hanging out in jazz bars. And I'm trying to be cool, <laughs> you know. Everyone um, is now a cat. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I f- feel I can't think of any. Is it like a cat who sneezes on YouTube or something stupid like that? No, it's more impressive than that, Hugh. It's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the 2015 film Spectre by James Bond. That film is yes. by James Bond. Have you got a works. Blofeld cat? The Blofeld I, cat. I don't mean have you got a Blofeld cat. I mean, you, you've met the Blofeld <laughs> I've cat. Met, yeah, I met a Blofeld cat. Worked with him not not two days ago. No. In that it was yesterday. <laughs> this is where we announce that Will is the next Bond. All this talk yeah. of Idris Elba and Tom Huddleston and whoever else now. Hiddleston? Huddleston is the footballer, isn't he? <laughs> I think Tom Huddleston is Tom Huddleston a central defender. Tom Huddleston is Tom Hiddleston's brother from yeah. Birmingham. Um yeah, I was I did a I was doing a commercial for a yogurt brand, um, and the cat was the main part and I was also in it. <laughs> and I got to hang out with cat a cat called Ace, and he was. Well, I was going to say, like, is like that cat must be, like, is he is he an absolute superstar? Like, is he as soon as he walks in the room, are you like, this guy knows what he's doing? Yeah, got diet coke in one hand and four runners behind him. His runners are mice. Yeah, yeah. Is he? Um, does he have a wrangler with him? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if she'd like to be described as a wrangler. <laughs> I thought handler. that's the film term. I thought they're yeah, called like... handler. Hand- oh. Less wrangling, more handling. Interesting. 
um, yeah, she, she she was the handler, and uh, she had this big stick with like some chicken on the end of it, and would point it around, and he would sit, and then would follow the follow the chicken and f- move his eyeline around, and then would look at me. He he was pretty great. You'd think by this stage you wouldn't still need the chicken, and of course that'd work for you because you wouldn't follow the chicken being a vegetarian. Yeah, it was very helpful because they put it in the place that I wasn't meant to look because I will always avert my eyes when there's meat in the room, and that includes people because I consider people walking meat. There was um, a cat. There was a famous cat in Ireland a few years back. Did you ever watch um, the Dublin crime show Love Hate? No, I did not. It's a crime drama. It's very good. Um, lots of lots of great Irish actors in it. Um, Aidan Gillen was in it for a while. Um, oh, what's his name? Who played Nidge? Tom something, double-barreled name. Aaron Heffernan was in it as well. Um, oh, I love Aaron Heffernan. Um, but it was a great show. But there was a scene in which a cat got shot by an actor who's very famous now actually a young guy from dublin but um yeah cat got shot and there was like will you know when there's national uproar Mm -hmm. like they had to i don't know if you've ever heard of the late late show Uh, sorry when you say a cat was shot do you mean like 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 killed shot and killed for the purposes of the show in the same way that several characters were shot and killed. Oh, as in like they were it wasn't they didn't accidentally or purposefully murder a cat, but no, the they character didn't, they died. Didn't, they didn't Alec Baldwin a cat. But no. <laughs> that is too soon. That cannot remain in the edit. That's so horrible. It's absolutely remaining in the edit. Um uh yeah, the cat the character of the cat died and um there was uproar, and they had to bring the cat actor onto the Late Late Show as a guest to prove that it wasn't dead. And that sort of, sort of reads more of the stupidity of Irish people than it does of the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can't talk about Alec Baldwin, but you can insult a nation. <laughs> I learned a thing about commercials, working on commercials, um, that you um the product can't make you happy in the commercial the product legally can't make you happy like it it can't or it can't be seen to be improving your life it has to be something else that does that but also the product's there speaking of things that make me happy i'm so unaccustomed to this level of uh i hadn't finished sorry There's nothing like that around today, but it is time to say hello to our producer, Anya. Hi, Anya. Hi, guys. Hi, Anya. Uh, Tremendously enjoyed that intro. Um, Will, I saw the cat on your Instagram, and I thought it was your cat, and I thought it was weird that it had never once come up before, that you you also have a white cat, because I have a white cat, and um, yeah, but very, that's amazing. It's like how Will never talks about his daughter on the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Esmeralda's doing fine though Yeah, so we I don't know why I always sound like I'm officiating a wedding But we've, we've gathered here today um, to, to, to talk <laughs> about museums So I object uh, Museums are uh, For the purpose of this discussion Buildings uh, or institutions that care for Or display artefacts And other objects of artistic, cultural Historical or scientific importance does anyone have any strong feelings on this? Who knows? I guess we'll find out. But uh, I guess we should start with a with a quiz, as always. Oh yeah! Uh, Got to start with a real boring question that Hugh will, will <laughs> probably like. Um, For a real boring topic. Yeah, where does the word museum come from? The dictionary. I mean, I'm presuming because it ends in um, it's Latin. Um, oh, does it? Oh, they were to- just confused at the end. <laughs> Yeah, does it have anything to do with the muses? Like the it muses used to, be a... to, to do with, um, you know, dance and song and poetry. They were the muses in Greek mythology. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty good uh, go of it. So, yeah, the Greek for museum means seat of the muses and uh, meant like a, a philosophical institution or a place of contemplation, uh, kind of a temple of the muses. So, yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. You're right. That was a boring question. It was. So we'll we'll move on. Where is the world's first Cornish pasty museum? Okay. Okay. Will, I mean, so are Cornish pasties definitely from Cornwall? That is a good question. I feel like the the association I have with corn, Cornish pasties are often with um, 
I was told something that I'm going to repeat without having researched or fact-checked since I was, like, 14. But the reason they have that, like, spine on them is because that's, like, the handle that the miners take into the mine and then they eat their pasties. So that... Because their hands were dirty, you know? I've never even seen a Cornish pasty. Let alone eaten one. I yeah, Whoa, have you, seen on. one. I yeah, come on, I know Steve. you've lived a sheltered life, but I mean... No, there's a shop on Dawson Street that sells them, isn't there? And you've never, see, you've never. Would you? Could you describe one? I I don't even really know what a pasty is. Oh my god, Hugh! It's it's like a it's like a northern calzone. Does that help? Yeah. Like a northern okay. empanada. I don't know what that is. It's like a calzone. <laughs> so, so it's like, like a, a little 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 less <laughs> less less exotic pizza. It's it's like over. a little hand shaped, like a little a very grabbable. Uh, pastry. Yeah, a grabbable pasty. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's it's perfectly unlike, say, a croissant, which you know I can't say. <laughs> and are we? So what sort of? But is it is it pastry? And what sort of pastry? Yeah, yeah but like more like a savory kind of, pa- like not a. It's not flaky. Well, maybe it is I flaky. know I wouldn't like it. I know I wouldn't like it. You would like it. No terrible, it. terrible. Like everyone who's listening to this is like, why are they spending their time? <laughs> trying to get someone who doesn't know like google is right there but hugh what do you think's in a cornish pasty mate uh probably like a bit of cheese and a bit of ham don't be don't be rude like i just try that's a legitimate answer (laughs) some cheese and some ham yeah well like i presume you can get all different sorts but i'd say a ham and cheese must be the most popular because most popular of any type of sandwichy type thing this is doing a lot for my generalization about irish people earlier Hugh, will I tell you what's in it? Uh, I have to look it up. Is it always the same? Yeah, or are they I, not different? I, I think there might be variations, but the main one contains, this is the most disgusting phrase I've ever heard, beef skirt, <laughs> potato, swede and onion. That sounds like something that like Boris Johnson would say at a party. Like to one of these, like, I'm, 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 I'm looking for a bit of, bit of beef skirt tonight. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sounds like something he'd say on the on the on the stand. Where do they go? Where does the prime Podium? minister go? House of Commons. Yeah, <laughs> on the stand. Um, so uh, back. Sorry to the the first uh, Cornish pasty museum. Any any guesses? I just can't believe you haven't had a Cornish pasty, man. That is. I used to have them every week with with brown sauce from Haley Clifford's, the best the best uh, delicatessen in Leeds. The most English sentence in the world. So well done. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Any ideas? Any guesses? Devon, or somewhere abroad, like 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 uh, uh, Casablanca. I actually gave you a little clue earlier, a little Easter egg. No, you didn't. I did, I did. I said something earlier, and I, I I'll just tell you the answer. So, Greece, the Muses. No, uh, it's in Real de Monte, which is in Mexico, home of the empanada, which I mentioned a few minutes ago. And didn't know what it was then. Don't know what it is now. So very similar. It's like it. a Cornish pasty. It's very like Cornish pasty, okay. but. Uh, it's kind of like a northern calzone. It's the, it's a Mexican mining town, and uh, a load of miners and their families went from Cornwall to Mexico in in mm. in the eighteen twenties, and they not only brought their mining expertise but their keen taste for pasties and how to make them, and it caught on locally. So the last question is: I'm going to give you three museums, classic format for this quiz. Two of which are real, and one of which I have, of course, uh, made up. Amazing. The first one is a, the Barbed Wire Museum, Kansas, USA. Uh, and you can see more than two... 100% real. More than 2,000 types of barbed wire in display. Uh, there's a learning centre and you can get your newsletters from America's top barbed wire appreciation clubs and check out their extensive collection of fencing tools. And then every May, they have an annual barbed wire swap and sell and a barbed wire splicing contest. Splicing? Yeah. I hardly what, knew her. What? Like, is that crossbreeding? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What? Hardly knew it. I don't, I don't know. What is spicy? That's Anya's go-to. Anya says that about four times a day in meetings. So the second one is the Museum of Socks in Los Angeles. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. I, 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 well, should we talk? I want, I have so many questions about barbed wire, but should we talk about them later? Yeah, we should. Carry on. So the Museum of Socks hosts four and a half thousand pairs of socks, including a pair made entirely of gold leaf. And they also have a Socks of the Famous section where they have socks owned and worn by Michael Jordan, Salvador Dali and Abraham Lincoln. And it was in the news recently because Lady Gaga donated a pair of her socks that she wore in the Gucci movie. And 
The third museum is the Museum of Broken Relationships in Croatia. And uh, this museum was set up by two artists after they broke up to honour their relationship. And now uh, people, uh, the brokenhearted around the world, donate um, items from their relationship uh, to be uh, put on display. So we've the Bardwar Museum in Kansas, the Museum of Socks in Los Angeles, and the Museum of Broken Relationships in Croatia, which is real, which two are real and which is the product of my uh, disturbed mind. This is very exciting because I've been to one of those museums. No way! Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, oh my you god, don't say anything. Imagine it was the, the one I invented. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Okay, now I have so many things to guess. I think that will that you have been to the museum of museum of broken relationships in Croatia. It just sounds like a really cruel insult. Am I right? <laughs> It Check will the story down the street to the Museum of Broken Relationships. Oh, I thought you were doing Heartbreak Hotel and just were very off-key. <laughs> oh, no, I was perfectly on-key for a boulevard of broken dreams. Trying to fit a four-syllable world into a one-syllable Is that the one you went to? Uh, not in Croatia, but there was a pop-up of it in London. No way. But it was from, like, it was linked to that museum. I, well, I imagine so. I, like, it was called, like, the Museum of the Broken Hearted or the Museum of Broken Relationships. <laughs> I think I actually went with my ex when we weren't, we, we weren't that happy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I, I really... Getting I any I ideas? It, <laughs> I found it very profound and very beautiful, like, these, like, artifacts of a relationship. Mm. And it would go from, like, an amazing love letter to just like like a ticket stub from a movie or something, uh, uh, like it would be like lipstick that someone left at someone's house, and it was you just got little snippets of people's relationships, and they were real things. It was cool. Okay, so you've been to that. Well, I think that's real, and I think the Barbed Wire Museum is real. That makes sense to me, and because if you have a museum about socks and you don't call it like the London Sock Exchange, then what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) But it's not in London. It's in Los Angeles. Yeah, the American Sock Exchange. Or, no, do you know what you'd call it? You'd call it the Museum of Sock and Soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, given that Anya has made this up, we have to go and set that up. Um, I think the barbed wire, I think it's just too crazy. I also think there are, like, again, Michael former producer and hopefully future producer as well um of this podcast michael would absolutely go to that museum um michael loves um not to not to judge these things but michael loves boring stuff and so i think he'd really love a museum about wires and fencing i also think i don't know how i just i always try to get inside anya's mind here and i'm just not sure about her her brain coming up with the splicing of fences at regional shows or whatever it is, because I don't think any of us knows what that means. She, yeah, she didn't give us an answer, which either means she hasn't looked no. it up or And I do think she... I feel the gold leaf sock is very on. <laughs> and I also feel that, you know, she likes to be current. So, you know, attaching the Gucci movie, that kind of stuff. I think, I think she's made that one up. You're absolutely correct. And yet again, yeah. you've bested me. Um, the sock museum Abraham Lincoln did not donate his socks to the Los Angeles Museum uh, Museum of Socks Uh, who were the people you said Abraham Lincoln (laughs) Michael Jordan Michael Jordan uh, Salvador Dali Abraham Lincoln it's a good list and Lady Gaga Um, the Bardfire Museum is real um, and the Museum of Broken Relationships is in Zagreb (laughs) and I recommend uh, listeners having a look at it online. It's very interesting. They have a lot of their stuff online. And as Will said, it's stuff like a hairdryer and somebody will put up, the, you know, that they were in a relationship, say, from 1993 to 1995 and a little little thing about why the hairdryer was significant. So it's like, it is actually very nice and very, um, very moving. Mm. I suppose to, to move this along from the slightly depressing discussion uh, onto the, the jolly subject of museums, uh, mm. do you guys want to set out your opening statements? It's all still to play for. Yeah, well, you go first. I have no idea what I think. I, I like museums feel like a a thing that exists only in like guidebooks, and it's like, oh, you got to go to the museum when you're a tourist in a place. But 
I, then I, when I started thinking about museums, I was like, oh, I have, I have quite a relationship with museums. I like them. Do I like them? I don't know. My main problem is their cafes suck. Like museum cafes are the worst cafes. Mm. Um, but that that's sort of I don't really know what I think about them. I I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. Yeah, I think museums. I. I like them, I feel. Um, I do agree with you about the cafes and the gift shops as well. The gift shops, first of all, things are too expensive and you're invariably buying small versions of what's in the museum and they're never very impressive. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I've spent 77 euro on a tiny cathedral, four postcards and a little bell. Um, You've tapped into a a horrifying childhood memory for me there. Um, When I was on a school tour, we went to the Natural History Museum, the Dead Zoo. Mm. And uh, you know the way you'd be given like pocket money when you were going on these things? Mm. And I think my dad had no had no change and did he give me like 20 pounds and this was maybe in like 1995 right big old daniel o'connell but i i took this as like carte blanche to like just sell the whole like to to, to buy to buy up the gift shop <laughs> and i came home with like a bag of complete tat like crystals <laughs> and my dad was just like what like like that was the expectation obviously was that i would choose one thing one small thing but I I, I like the idea of you sort of striding into the <laughs> shop and sort of flashing the money at I them did. Being like close it down please I'm walking around but it, today it was kind know? of a, a kiosk so you'd say to the lady get me that crystal get me that little little notebook or whatever mm. and yeah I got I felt like a god a god among men that day yeah I think museums it's funny because and yeah of course it's, it's the classic thing that you probably don't go to that many museums where you live and then you do go when you're abroad i do go when i'm abroad um i think it is nice um i like ones that'll show sort of i suppose i like ones on the arty side maybe and to a certain extent then yeah like the old places where people lived as well like i think are cool there's a there's a like one of the things i was thinking beforehand i guess was the whole thing of like you know the elgin marbles obviously came to mind as being like a bad thing about museums where if you nick stuff from other people and and put them on display in your museum. But look, mate, we won that game of marbles fair and square, all right? I think you won that game of marbles in the way that the guy in Squid Game won the game of marbles. Um but I don't know is that I don't know is that a, a prevalent thing in museums? Presumably in England, yes, there's lots of stuff that they stole from around the world, but then they used to rule the world, so I guess that's it. But I feel most museums are more about yeah, show us what happened in your country or your city or your town and yeah i'm all for it hmm. am i yeah i don't know maybe i'll be convinced otherwise interesting Anya, what do you think about museums <clears throat> um i'm very against sightseeing um if i go on holidays oh. i don't sightsee <laughs> i so whenever you walk you got the blinkers on shades looking at your feet following google no, but say you said something going to london they were like you simply must see the london science museum like a billion years i would never do that because as an adult i don't wish to live my life like i'm on a school tour i I couldn't tell you what the last museum i was in is what was the last museum you two were in oh it was the vagina museum please go on uh it was in camden um it's since sadly closed but it was a vagina museum set up i think they were set up in like 2017 or maybe 2007 where they did pop-ups everywhere. And it was basically a, a museum about vaginas because vaginas aren't spoken about enough. And uh, they they did a lot of stuff for like um, uh, feminine health. I guess that sounds like a, a euphemistic way of saying like they did stuff for health. They raised money for charities and like they educate people about all things vaginal. And it was like, it was really cool. I really like. it. Is this it. your new spin-off podcast? All things vaginal. <laughs> I suppose, Anya, I, I get what you're saying, but I suppose, like, that's the same mentality, is it not? That it's sort of like, oh, teachers made us read books, and we're going to read any books again. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face, I feel. Well, uh, so some museums are obviously very well done and very good, but, you know, like... Have you ever, you know, the, the National Museum, Hugh, at Conn's Barracks, which is just basically, mm. here's 4,000 spoons. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I just, I, I'm fine. I'm fine for that. Like, there's a very limited number of things that I'm, I'm interested in seeing in, in a glass case. Have you been to any strange museums? Well, Will's been to the, the, the broken relationships one, I suppose. But I don't know, is that strange? I guess it, I... It's a it's unique, that's for sure. 
Well, it's not. There's one in Zagreb and one in London, so it's literally not unique. It's tunique at best. Have you been to any unusual museums, Hugh? No, that's why I asked, Will. Uh, I've been to the Victor Wind or Victor Wind Museum of Curiosities, Fine Art and Natural History, the country's only curiosity museum. So, I have a question here, right? Yep. I feel like uh, yep. when I used to read like Agatha Christie's and things, and I still do, but books written in the 20s, 30s and all this, and you'd have people, again, it comes back to people nicking stuff or whatever, you'd have people who'd go on holidays or they'd go on a cruise down the Nile, be a couple of murders, and then they'd head home, but their bag would be full of curios. And I was always so intrigued by like what these curios were. And so these are these, like, what is a curiosity? Uh... <laughs> well, it's uh, sorry, I got very distracted there because I was like, aren't all museums just the equivalent of someone being like, here are my holiday snaps? <laughs> like, it's just like, here's the Sphinx insti- of whatever. <laughs> and the, yeah. yeah, it's an institution of just like, I brought this back from there. Just loads of people putting their hand up against a picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> yeah. Um, in in this particular one, so I did I did like a around Halloween one year I did like a reading of Frankenstein in a little booth in the corner of this museum, and then as part of that, oh. there's like a little bar attached to it. It's did, in East did London. Did they ask you to, or were you just in there? I on Halloween I always find a little establishment and I loudly read Frankenstein until <laughs> I get kicked out. That's just it's just a normal thing to do. It's a nice way to spend an evening, you know. It's a long Sounds book. Like- pretty good performance art it's it's a really short book will it's like 100 uh, pages not when you're shouting it in a weather spoons you okay, feels no, like a funny. very long book then um in victor wind's museum there is human hair made into like paintings and stuff oh uh, oh i don't like no. that uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, uh, i think it's free though on you um <laughs> There's cabinet cabinets of monsters, including two-headed kittens and eight head, eight-legged lambs. Oh, oh my no. god! <laughs> Pretty, delicious. Pretty delicious. So it's what would have been called a freak show, to some extent. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. It? I think that may have been why I was invited. Um, there's some of the guy who owned it, Victor Wind. There's some of his dead pets. Okay. Taxidermied, you know, taxidermied. Who so was Victor Wind and. How can he be stopped? Are we safe from him now? Well, he I'm gonna now have to Google him, but he also has fairies, unicorns, giants, and a mummified mermaid. Now that's pretty cool. Can I ask though, the the two headed kitten, presumably it's very sad and not cute. Um it's a skeleton. Like it's it's not like a cartoon two headed kitten where like one is real sassy and the other's kinda shy and put together they get along. I don't mean to blow the whistle here, but I, it's a skeleton, and I have a suspicion the skeleton is Tampered two with. skeletons, but they've got rid of most of one. Mm. There's a job, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But okay, and Will and, is a cat expert, of course. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know all about cats. You and Ace um, should go in and solve this mystery. Victor Wind is an artist, author, lecturer, impresario. I wish I was an impresario. impresario. And he's a committee member of the London Institute of Pataphysics. 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 Huh. Uh, a dif- which is a difficult to divide. That's like the science of like really easy banter that a comic yeah. has with an audience at the start of a show. <laughs> or it's of like the early bit of a rainfall. <laughs> yeah. um, he's an artist and he... he did a strange it's this is like a strange reinterpretation a strange reinterpretation of a renaissance wonder cabinet Mm. it's got dodo bones in it but like i feel like it's a big celebrity feces sorry what okay did you say celebrity feces so one day michael jordan salvador dali abraham lincoln (laughs) (laughs) salvador Um, dali's poo is really melty and gross (laughs) Jesus. It's it's quite a jump from human hair to unicorn, though, isn't it? Did I say unicorn? Yeah. You said you had a unicorn. Oh, it's wow. funny you mentioned I... that because that was one of the museums I thought of for our quiz. Because there are a couple of hair museums, and I wish I hadn't seen the photos earlier today. Like one of and like, the, the is it large quantities of hair? Or well, one room what? I saw was a cave where there was just maybe like a stra- like strands of hair dangling from mm. the ceiling. But ha- apparently, hair art was a thing 
that began in the Victorian era, you know, as part of like, um, if, if before photos, people would use them as mementos. But I don't want any part in that. And interestingly, one of the things that features in the Museum of Broken Relationships, mm. dreadlocks. A lot of people send in dreadlocks. That's horrible, right? That they cut off afterwards. Yeah. I, mean, mm. I, don't, I don't know. No, hair I, is I, gross. I yeah, but from that, I want to I wanna take us down a different road, which is a, a somber road, I suppose. And I was going to ask, like, about museums that I suppose are meant to teach, but are also based on suffering and things like that. And so, like, if you yeah. look at museums of concentration camps, you know, that you can go into, because the hair reminded me of that, because I know in Auschwitz, you know, there's a room full of hair that was shaved off people. Um, I was in Buchenwald years ago, which is another concentration camp. Like, is that, should those be there? Is that the right way to teach about Well, I actually was just talking like about this today because my mum and dad are on holidays in Krakow at the moment. And I made, I said today, the wet, you know, it's very, the weather's very bad. It's very gloomy. And I said, God, I can't think of a worse time to be in house, which somebody pointed out. There probably was a worse time to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you might not have got as wet, I suppose. Uh, you know? But but that that's a that's a very good point, Hugh. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know, because like I went there and it was fascinating and it is and I know a lot of people would say, you know, they find it upsetting and is it right? Is it should should it be does does it teach us, does it help us understand things like that better or yeah, I th- I think it does. I I think I'm, I think anything that can like, <clears throat> I don't know. I do. It is complicated, and there's something about like, you know, a, a you know, like a 16 year old being like selfie at Auschwitz, and it's like, mm. oh, you've really like that's gross. But then on the other hand, like seeing the actual physical thing of like this atrocity happened, and we need to remember it. Because I I've been to, I went to the Holocaust Museum in Berlin and that was, like I, I that was like a really I found it a really profound experience because like I it feels like you go out having changed like just mm. seeing all this like human suffering and learning about yeah. it so I I think I think there's a danger to it's I I haven't thought about it enough basically and I don't think I'm informed enough to say it but for me it feels like those things are important when they're well handled. Yeah, I I think they are too, um, but yeah, I again, it's it's like if people would say, oh, but you must go and see Auschwitz, and it's like, yeah, perhaps, but but not in that way. Like, I mean, you, you know, I think you need to know what you're you need to know what you're signing up for there, and you need to go with the right attitude to some extent. And it's it's kind of it goes back to that thing of you know how they talk about like war films or war uh, dramas, and mm. like all all of you know all directors and all these and they'll all say like you know what we're looking to do is we're looking to make a drama or a film that doesn't glorify war and i heard someone saying once well good luck because that's impossible no matter what you'd make you end up glorifying it in some way like you look at something like band of brothers which is amazing it's an incredible show but there's a video that is like god it must have been cool to be part of that group of people i was like no it was terrible you know it, it was you know, horrible one thing look what they're going through one thing that i think is i've been to dhaka and i can't remember the name of the other one it's it it's in it's in france in alsace you know on the border but mm. the, how little commentary there is in the in the i don't mean literal commentary but i mean you know it's it there's no if you go to say uh like i've been to the museum of peace in france which focuses a lot on the world like obviously that's kind of a visitor center so but whereas the concentration camps i think you're always really struck by how you're literally just looking at something and that's mm. like it's for you to interpret it if you know what I mean like the yeah. like the exhibit is literally the thing and it's it's yeah. what's so affecting about it is that it's so baldly presented to you like there's no real it's you know it just kind of is what it is and that's what's so shocking about it there's no visitor center there's no cafe maybe there is a visitor center but there's no cafe there's no gift shop like it's yeah. a totally different experience to going to yeah yeah uh, this it reminded me, though, I think, of an unusual museum that I've been to. I don't know if you've ever heard of Arador sur Glan in France. Um, mm, and no. in the, on the vein of the concentration camps, but it's a like a village that was basically razed to the ground by the Nazis during the war. And they've just basically totally left it as it was. Oh, yeah. yeah and 
like I went just I must have been maybe like 12 or 13 but I think it was one of the most like affecting things that I've ever seen and I did not enjoy it mm. at all but very much with my parents it was very much like you're not meant to enjoy this like this is meant to be yeah. this is meant yeah, to be wow. shocking and it was like even like you question like if is it is, is that like to go back to what you were talking about Hugh like is that stuff suitable for kids or is it exactly the kind of thing that kids need to see and, yeah, and, wow. and, and there was very little comment so again you just walk through the town like the town is as it was you know and like it was uh, like I wouldn't go into it like, it was just what happened was just absolutely shocking but at the end there's just like a sign like saying like lest we forget and that like mm. again, that like that's Whoa. that's the message you know but like is that like is like what like you're a teacher like what do you make of that stuff for kids yeah I mean kids of a certain age like I teach sixth class at the moment and like you know yeah I think if you were doing something about the war I think it would be very cool to try and bring them somewhere that had some sort of impact like that. I don't know whether that would be too much. But again, it kind of... It comes back to that whole thing of like... And yeah, at the end it says, oh, lest we forget. And it's like, yeah, but what... I, I don't know. I don't know what I expect. Like, I don't know why I'm I saying, oh, if you go to a museum like that, you need to change the way you live. Because I, that's I don't probably think, I don't think it's too that. much to ask. But but no, but I, but I suppose... What are you? Yeah, I think it's. I think I it's know. a big reminder that everybody has the capacity to be monstrous. You know, like yeah, like, but I suppose I just I just don't think that's a reminder that actually changes anyone's behavior at all. I, I yeah, I, yeah. I guess the act, the act of going there, you're already sort of potentially on the side of being like this was awful. But then, as a kid, I think Gornia's right. Like going and seeing the gravity of something, I think it can. Mm. I don't mm. know. I, would, I, I mean, I, th- I suppose it puts things into context for you because, like, you yeah. were talking about war. So, like, as a child, like, you know, your, 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 say your, your understanding of, say, the Second World War is, like, war movies, like, mm. like uh, Dad's Army. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a very sanitized view of all these things. There's quite an interesting uh, theory in hist- uh, history education where it's, like, that, that children... And probably particularly younger children, but they're very much drawn to like a uh, like a superstar version of history. So like in terms of like the civil rights movement is Martin Luther King and it is Rosa Parks, you know, and maybe it's Malcolm X, although possibly less so, you know, and it doesn't they're they're drawn to just the and we all are. To be honest, I don't think it's just children. We're all drawn to those drawn to those like big superstar iconic events and it's very difficult to actually teach the broader history, mm. you know? And it's like, even the thing of like, uh, did a war begin because a, an archduke was shot, you know, or something like that. Like, that's why the war started. Whereas, obviously, yeah. if you're trying to teach the whole history of a thing, it's it's so much more than that. And I suppose in a way, a museum can only ever give you a snapshot as well. But, mm. yeah. But I mean, even if it doesn't change your behaviour, like, I suppose it's a pretty big, like the pandemic, like these are all kind of big things that happened like say in most people's like grandparents lifetimes and there's like a value to i mean despite my giving out about museums i do think there is a value like i I don't think the science museum say has as much kind of like quote-unquote value as Mm. well you've clearly never been to the science museum because it's great (laughs) but i mean i like i know like it's a it's a thing for like german kids to be brought on school tours to Mm. you know so i think on both sides it's you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not implying it was those that those kids' fault, obviously. Um, but, but, <laughs> I don't think we were suggesting you were, uh, but now we are. Now we're thinking absolutely, it. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I don't think. I, I mean, I do always find it a bit strange though when somebody is really like excited to go to Auschwitz or something. Like that's quite a, you know, it's a bit yeah. like true. It's a bit like true crime. The impulse towards true crime, I suppose. I suppose though, yeah, because I think yeah, it's so distasteful and disrespectful as Will says to sort of have that selfie approach maybe and yet I don't know somewhere like somewhere like Pompeii you know I've never been to Pompeii but I mean that's quite cool in the in the whole thing of again it's it's left as it was to some extent anyway I'm sure it's been you know maintained in whatever way but I suppose that's different because that's not suffering caused by other humans well you raise an interesting one thing I wanted to bring up was so does distance of time make something more acceptable to kind of look at rather than I suppose be respectful of so my example for that would be say the Salem witch trials obviously a horrendous attack on women and kids uh but you know Salem Massachusetts now I I don't like it's there's quite a cartoony side to it and kind of a Disneyland Mm. version of it and like dressing up as witches and going there for Halloween 
But at what point does something become something that you can just enjoy? And at what point is it like disrespectful? I think that's absolutely true. And in fact, I was listening to another podcast years ago, a guy, Dan Carlin, who talks about history. And um, he was saying, he was making the point that he says that at some point, not yet, but at some point there will be a book written about Adolf Hitler and about viewing, you know, some of his leadership and strategic whatever in a more positive light. Not obviously what he ultimately did, but in terms of like, he he was basically comparing him to like the way we look at Alexander the Great mm. and the way he managed military campaigns or Julius Caesar or even he then went on. This podcast was about Genghis Khan and he talked about Genghis Khan, who like was responsible for the killing of so many people. Like, and again, and horrific um, crimes committed against, you know, men, women, children, everyone. But because it's that bit in the past, I don't know, I don't really know. Is that 14, 1500s maybe? You know, we can kind of say, oh, but that's incredible. He had an army of 70,000 men and he conquered this city of whatever. And it's like, yeah, but like in appalling circumstances. And he, his point is basically, you cannot talk about anything that Hitler did as positive because he was clearly incredibly evil and and committed atrocious crimes and people who directly suffered from his crimes are still alive or their families are still alive but he was making the point at some point there does come that stage where it's acceptable not to necessarily celebrate someone but to to as you say shift the perspective a bit isn't that like more of an indictment on the way we talk about history and the, the way we look at even looking at military campaigns in a positive light is like, doesn't there need to be a shift in, in that? So, I don't know. Like, cause it, it just feels like the, the hero worship of like military leaders, like looking back at Winston Churchill and like, there's this thing that English people have where we're like, Oh, he was such a hero. And it's like, no, where he was an incredibly right wing uh, person. And that's the best thing you need in a war because yeah. they just do what they want and he is terribly racist so uh, I, like but you're, you're right like that is how it sort of seems to go but should we change that we should change that now we, we should change <laughs> okay. it guys well i mean listen we've already voted down the past as not being a legitimate well, thing, so. i i, I don't want to pipe with, up as the, we're the voting t- down the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't wanna... we got it, which is lucky because everyone can just continue on in the present. Not to pipe up as the uh, I don't want to say token woman, but I mean it's interesting as well, like how male-centered, like quote unquote, history is, which is obviously insane because history is made up of like the aggregate of all human experience. But obviously, you know, it's Alexander the Great, it's Genghis Khan, it's Hitler. You know, like whereas you know this, you know. What, 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 if I had to go to a museum, I'm much more interested in like the human history, you know, mm. like, and I think like what a lot of people say is say they go to Auschwitz, what most people find like the most moving is could be the smallest thing, you know, like it's like, like in that place, Ardor Sir Glam, there's like a child's pram, you know, yeah. and like, it's something like that, that's, that, that really like brings it home to you. But it's, 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 it's just interesting. Like, it's, so Hugh, you mentioned something in living memory, I suppose, with the Second World War. Do you think that's why it's, it's it's not okay to discuss it in a more... Yeah, it's, it's, it's too close, you know, because there are... Yeah, like, there are so many... There's so many people who are alive who were affected by it, you know? Like, and, and like, I have no connection to it whatsoever, but, like, reasonably recently, I heard an old man um, speaking and about it and he had been a child in a concentration camp and I just found it so upsetting you know and and I've no connection to that and so yeah like the fact it it it, it is it, it's too soon yeah I think mm. but then of course but then of course it's important that you get what you I suppose from a and this goes back to the thing of learning from museums like that it's important that while people are still alive that you get that perspective on things you know yeah. Because hopefully that maybe that stops us going down the route of the the hero worship of historical figures. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. We've, but it, we've gone on to a very serious but I think an interesting, interesting path. path. path but it's so say if you went to Pompeii, right? Would mm. you I don't I don't think either of you are selfie guys. Would you would you would, would you think of anything be <laughs> drawing mustaches on them and shit like would you think anything of of posting a selfie or like 
you know, a, a, a holiday photo from Pompeii. Yeah, well, I think it's also, I guess, the, to be a bit more even-handed about it, I guess a lot of people ex- express themselves on social media. Like, the act of taking a selfie, to me, feels disrespectful. But that doesn't mean the intention was. And I imagine, like, the people people more closely involved with the... Uh, like you know people with whatever tragedy had occurred at whatever place this person is taking a hypothetical <laughs> selfie probably be like yo stop it that's horrible but i guess it's like i i yeah i think it feels gross and i i, I probably wouldn't but then also that's more about me being like oh this feels like a serious place mm. that's i i can imagine i wouldn't be as upset i guess but i would be like oh it's a bit crass man but then when i went to the world war one battlefields when i was uh like 16 or 17 i took a digital camera and took lots of pictures but it wasn't like posy pictures but then it's mm. like our pictures even okay i don't know that's another very impressive place to see isn't it not impressive is the wrong word but uh it's, it's striking that, isn't it yeah, yeah very striking uh hugh would you take a selfie at pompeii this is like when we no. asked how much you tipped at restaurants. It's just really getting down to the nub <laughs> yeah. of your character. No, I wouldn't. But again, I'm I'm not really a selfie person. I, I like I wouldn't have a strong reaction to someone posting a selfie there any more than I would have them posting a selfie anywhere else. I, yeah, I don't think. And as I say, it might be, might not necessarily make sense. But I I don't see it as as very close to the the yeah the concentration camp scenario. But possibly that it that is there's definitely something more to do with the fact that. Like, these people were extremely unlucky and were in the way of a volcano, as opposed to these people were rounded up and killed by their fellow humans. And a problem that, like, anti-Semitism still being wild yeah. and rife. Well, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like... Institutions it's like, and the world. Yeah. Hugh, is that why you have so many selfies of you in New Orleans at the Hurricane Katrina site? You're just like, well, yeah. these people were just unlucky enough to be in the pathway of a massive storm. I just think, you know, lest we forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did I have to ask you guys about uh, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you in a museum I mean obviously I'm just setting this up for the time that I tripped over a box and had to get stitches um, in a hospital in Melbourne was that in the museum of vaginas It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> very funny I uh, no, it was in the the National Sporting Museum underneath the Melbourne Cricket Ground, obviously, which is exactly the sort of museum that I would go to. Hugh, do you want to tell the listeners about how long your trip to Australia was? I think the listeners have heard. About yeah, this. unfortunately, this, this is one of Hugh's few anecdotes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. but I don't do. <laughs> Do, do they realise that you spent most of this 48-hour trip in hospital? Oh, that's true. Actually, I didn't bring that up last time. Yeah, so oh. on, the, on the... Oh, yeah. No, sorry, Anya. I attacked you there. That, you're absolutely right. What the heck? Yeah, on my final day, before flying out... Final uh, day? Your second and last day. And, uh, yeah, went to museum, tripped over a box, and, uh, oh, it was... It was very, very painful, and I, I got a cut down my leg, down on my, on my shin, and it was... It was one of those where I where I opened or I didn't open it up. I looked at the cut and like there wasn't any blood. It was kind of too deep for blood. And like you could see both sides of the cut. Oh, it was so, oh my God. It was so, so sore. These and, were on the um, stage a real cool cat. Too deep for blood. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then too I went... Too deep for blood, the Hugh O'Connor of course, story. Actually, well, no, the other part of this story that didn't get told before was, so I went to the hospital, got my stitches, and um, turned out the Aussie doctor had worked in Cork before. Good day, Hugh. Oh, I'm just back that. from Cork. Can I stitch you up? Give you a tetanus shot, mate? Which he did. And I said, here, is there any chance you'd give me um, a letter for... Is there any chance you'd give me a letter for the airlines to say, can I like get upgraded and you said, are the jammiest listen you would absolutely have done the same thing if you yeah i didn't it. say i wouldn't have and i didn't <laughs> say i wasn't impressed but anyway so of course he gave me the letter and uh because he was a cool cat and uh i brought the letter up to the desk and they said um we don't have any space in so we can't upgrade you and then i said oh is there any chance i could get uh like a, a an entrance or an exit row seat you know with all the legroom and then they had me there, you see, because they said, oh, no, well, if you're injured, you can't take an exit row because you've got to be able to open the doors and help people. So then the only problem was then I said, OK, look, I guess I'm stuck where I am. And they said, do you need a wheelchair to get around the airport? 
You have no shame. You truly have. No, but at this point, I thought, well, like, I've, I've said I'm really badly injured. So what else can I do except say yes? You, nope, you could have said no. That was the other option there. I see that now. I think At we need time. to post on the Instagram the photo of you flying home in which it looks like you are a 97-year-old grandfather that somebody is shipping in. for like I Behind I, you, there is a 97-year-old grandfather because there's no wheelchairs left in the airport. <laughs> He's just hobbling along. Will, have you seen this photo? No, I've not. I've not been privy. Let me paint a picture. In my memory of it, you're wearing one of those like bush chucker hats. Are you? No, but keep going. <laughs> and you have a neck pillow on. I do have a neck and pillow. And you're, do- you're doing you're doing a crossword, and yeah. you're, <laughs> and your spine looks like you have no cartilage or muscle tone. Like you're totally slumped over on yourself. That's Is fair, that yeah. fair? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just uh, and you're just sat there like a museum exhibit. <laughs> Appropriately enough. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I'm not proud of it, but. If I'd got to first class, it would have been worth everything. Would you have abandoned uh, your travel mate uh, and gone to first class and left him in coach? 100%. Okay. Look, he was a 97-year-old man, so... That's not a debate, though. Yeah. So, I mean, should we move towards the, uh, the I suppose, the uh, metaphorical gift shop on our excursion through this this museum, this very yeah, strange museum? One has already bought everything, so... Mm, I'm, I'm already sitting out in the school bus ready to go home. Uh... Yeah, Hugh, what's your, what's, your, what's your take? Do you know what? When I came in to this topic and discussion, when I started this discussion, I thought I'm going to find it very difficult to go against museums because I thought, I think they're great. I haven't, I feel, experienced a great deal of the sort of colonial nicking things from other countries um, side of museums. Um, but then, yeah, I think, I think, I do think we had a quite an interesting discussion about like, yeah, what you're meant to get from museums and particularly museums of events uh, in human history, as opposed to, as you say, the spoon that, you know, Salvador Dali ate with or whatever. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I, I think um, I don't think I've, I've, I've heard anything really that's going to going to move me the other way. I mean, Anya, you as I say, I hate museums because uh, I think you're just uh, still a stubborn child at heart and therefore are reluctant to to do anything that you feel could be something an adult has told you to do. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to come down and say that museums are a legitimate like. They are. So it's a yes from me. Will, what do you think? I... I'm very torn because I don't want, basically, I don't want the British Museum to ruin all museums because <laughs> until, like, until they give everything back, like, they have no credibility in my eyes. <laughs> I think they should just give it all back. <laughs> but there are other museums that do nice things, like that crazy Curiosity Museum, <laughs> um, the Vagina Museum, the Science Museum. The, we haven't even talked about the Natural History Museum in uh, central London. Or some part of London. Doesn't matter where specific. It's amazing. It is unbelievable. Blue whale skeletons and stuff. That's so cool. And I really loved them as a kid. And I think they I think they do a lot of work to educate people. I imagine they raise a lot of money in that sort of regard. And going to places like the the Jewish Museum and the Holocaust Museum and the Muse- Museum of the Berlin Wall and what's the other one? Oh yeah, Anne Frank's house in um uh, Amsterdam those are like profound sort of monuments to important things that I do think are important to commemorate so I think I think I like museums um the only the only problems I have are colonialism and bad cappuccinos so it's a legitimate like from me okay so two nil Anya if you had to vote have you got over your School child. Will, you're going to find this very offensive, you. But Will really persuaded me towards them there with that impassioned speech. Oh, whoa. yeah, yeah. I, I liked your thing about them being profound. You know that they they can be terrible. And there's a lot of bad things about them, and they can be boring. But I don't have to go to the boring ones. And I'm glad they exist. I don't think I'd want to live in a muse- in a world where there's no museums. I suppose that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah. And I did think, you know, when you saw the, um, the photos that were released of ISIS in Syria destroying the museums? Like, oh, yeah. I That's found, quite upsetting, I think. Yeah, yeah. Even, even though obviously it's not as upsetting as, you know, actual people being hurt. Uh, I think there's something kind of visceral in us that wants to preserve. I think we've talked about the past before, but something about us that wants to preserve the past. Yeah, and it's, it's a bit book burny, isn't it? Like, yeah, I just... That same this, kind of thing, destruction yeah. of knowledge and, yeah. Yeah, so I, I will, you've, if, if I had a vote, which I, of course, do not, it would be no. three, three for three. I'd like there to be a legitimate likes museum where we put all the things we say are legitimate. Like, God, I'd say Michael would be in there by now, would he? In the museum? Yeah. So he, could run the, he could run the cafe and Michael and I would, I would as well. I'd actually watch that sitcom with you and Michael running a museum cafe. I think we'd fight a lot. I think our friendship. I think friendship... you'd fight an awful lot. I think you'd get very upset with each other. I think, I think there'd be multiple times when you wouldn't speak to each other for a while. Well, your history of shouting at people in kitchens. Yeah, yeah. that's true. My Michael's history of shouting at me. That, that sounds terrible. I, I, <laughs> we, had a, we had a big argument once at the train station in Milan, Will, Michael and I. And oh, I bought, what about? I don't know. And I bought about train tickets or something. And I brought him an ice cream to apologise. And do you know what he said to me? Stone cold, I've already had an ice cream. He's a monster. You want to talk about Genghis Khan? Put Michael in there. I remember that. I was there. You were there. You were there. Like, I've already that... had an ice cream. Like, I, I was making a gesture. I, uh, you know, I, I... And, and, can I say on yet? And I mean, you know, I say this as your friend, but like, I, I, I'm not going to say an uncharacteristically nice gesture, but like, more than I would maybe expect. I think... Like, I think... that's a, no, but that's a lovely way to try and patch up an argument. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was an argument about taking a train. Michael's, you know, Michael is a stubborn man. He is. Yeah, yeah, he knows his own mind. And uh, didn't no he? No one did, else's. No, but he, 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 was, he was ultimately right. And that's the annoying thing about Michael, that sometimes he, there is method to his madness. But it, it's, it's just so strange when Michael is annoyed with it because he's such a, he's usually such a sunny little man. It's that classic thing of like being savaged by a mouse, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, I think we have. Uh, I think we've. I think we've. You know, learned some things today. Taught some lessons. Uncovered some weird facts about life and history. Thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion of museums. And will have you any final thoughts on museums before we finish up? I think you guys are cool cats. Um, I like. I like museums. Uh, I like. Wandering around them. I think they're nice places to be. We should all go to a museum. Um, I would say the barbed wire one, but it's in Kansas, so it's very far away. But on you find us a weird museum closer to home, and we'll do a Legitimate Likes trip to a museum. You got it. Thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. Um, please let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know what subjects you'd like us to tackle next. Please subscribe and follow. Um, keep in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. And please tell your friends. Uh, bring someone new to the show this week. So until the next time, it's goodbye from me. It's also goodbye from me, Will. Goodbye. And Anya, do you want to say goodbye to? Me, the silent producer. It's goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.
Say you're at a museum Checking out Gaga socks Take care, don't get distracted You'll fall over that box Make sure you take the wheelchair That old man's probably faking his car oh, oh, oh. I've never seen a Cornish pasty But I don't care, leave me alone I just don't see what all the fuss is Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.